Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, agency owner? If you're new here, I've got a free ebook on how to scale your business to multiple six and even seven figures by overcoming your dependency on referrals, doubling your profit per project, and removing yourself as the main bottleneck in your business. All you have to do is DM me the word gift on Facebook at Brent Weaver. That's facebook.com slash Brent Weaver. And I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in business and life. All right, let's get back to the podcast. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver. And today we're hanging out with Jake Jorgovan. Jake is a serial entrepreneur, author, podcaster, business advisor. He is the founder of Lead Cookie and Content Allies. He's also the host of the Working Without Pants podcast. He's helped his clients generate over $40 million in sales. And he's actually a return guest on our show today. Jake, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me on here, Brent. And we'll link to your previous interview in our show notes. If you guys uh, are listening today and you want to know a little bit more about Jake's backstory, you can definitely check out that interview. But Jake, what's been going on for you recently? I know you have lived a very nomadic life in the past. What does does Jake's world look like right now? Yeah, so um, I've got my agency, Lead Cookie, which has been around for quite a few years where we're basically doing outbound sales and lead generation. Uh, I've been running that, and I basically have um, two guys that basically have kind of taken over, run the agency, uh, made them partners in the business. And so I really, I spend often less than four hours a week on that. I show up to one call a month for that company and otherwise just kind of hang out on Slack and answer some things here and there, but that pretty much runs without me. Um, So that's been really cool to kind of hit that point. And I've spent really the past two years uh, heavily focused on building up Content Allies, which is basically a uh, B2B podcast production agency where we help companies launch revenue generating podcasts. And so that has really been my heavy focus over the past uh, two years. I definitely want to get into what you're doing with Content Allies because I think it's really fascinating. And I know that that brand has evolved a bit in terms of your focus. And I think that that's a really insightful story. And I want to definitely get to that journey a little bit. But on the lead cookie side, I am kind of fascinated because you were able to not only prove that business model, but then you were able to systematize that and step back and become more of that true business owner. And I know that a lot of agency owners are thinking in the back of their mind, like, wow, that would be really cool to be able to have a call a month with my team and have somebody run that business. Any insights for our audience about how you made that happen? Yeah, I think it is a very much a slow and steady progression of just roll by roll, just defining like it really comes down to that e-myth exercise of, you know, build the org chart of what your company looks like when it's finished. And then in in the early days, you're operating a lot of those roles. And it was really just roll by roll removing myself. You know, the first thing was like early days, I got ops off my plate. And then I was doing um, sales, marketing and account strategy for a really long time. And then eventually it was like, okay, get account strategy off of my plate. And then I'm just doing sales and marketing. And eventually it's get sales off my plate. And that was kind of the next step. And then it's like, okay, marketing. And that's probably the only area I still kind of have a little bit of involvement in here and there, but um, it is pretty much kind of like, you know, even then I've started to kind of pull in some marketing vendors to help kind of with continue 
lead generation for that, but it's really just roll by roll removing yourself and then really giving, there's also this kind of, that's, I guess, like the tactical piece. And then there's the intangible of really giving ownership to team members um, to basically really own this and say like, hey, you guys are going to figure out what the steps are. You guys are going to figure it out. Here's the goals. Here's the targets. And like becoming more of a coach to your team as opposed to being the one giving the orders. It was an odd transition for me probably about six months ago or so. I started to realize I was like, I have, I can't even like paint the picture of the vision for this company anymore. Like I have to facilitate it um, with my team. And so that was a very interesting thing to move from being the idea guy and the entrepreneur to becoming almost like a facilitator and a coach to my team. And like, that's kind of, I think have been a big part. So that's kind of been led to that shift. How did you resist as you, you know, designed out these individual roles and got clear on what was necessary for that role to be successful? Like you were in that role, as you mentioned, you're kind of wearing that, uh, that hat as so many owners do. They have five, six, 10 different hats that they wear in the business. But sometimes I find people struggle with, they go in and they do a role and then instead of like locking it down and then getting somebody else in there, they start to make changes or modifications or they start selling something different to their clients, which makes it this kind of ever moving target. Did you have any kind of process of, of, of validation and then finally deciding, no, this is what it is. We're just going to leave it with this kind of system. And then, and then now I can get out of it. Yeah, I think it comes down to like, you just have to be really relentless and realize like, like when you're in that role, you are really trying to build the system for the next person. And so it's going in there and trying to think consistently, like, how is this going to work for the next person? How can I make this super easy? One of the mistakes I made early on in lead cookie is I actually tried to get rid of account strategy and sales way too early. And, and the roles were not defined. The systems were not defined enough. You know, it was a giant flop. And then we had to, I had to lay off people. It was like an early failure in the company and it was not fun. But what it made me do is I realized the second time I was like, okay, I need this thing to be streamlined, to be locked down and to the point where it's like repetitive, where I'm just showing up and I'm just doing the work. And it's like the system exists, the tasks generate for me, like everything, like it is very clear how to do the work. And at that point, once it's very clear and defined, then it becomes really easy to hand off to someone. And you've kind of thought through this and you've seen the gaps and uh, all of this, but it's it definitely takes just I think a resistance to not sell different stuff. I think that's probably the that's probably the biggest thing that will throw holes and wrenches in the entire thing is when you start selling weird custom stuff versus just doing the same thing over and over again and kind of really keeping it productized. You mentioned giving ownership. Does that mean abstract, like helping people kind of own their role, or did you actually literally? share ownership in the business with some kind of entrepreneurial driver? Yeah. So basically, um, I for the two guys that are really running the show, um, I have done a kind of like a basically like a partnership where they're doing kind of vested phantom equity and like profit share over time. So um, really did drive that. And I found that that was actually a very key thing where it's like, you know, once you give someone that incentive, like incentives, they they just they go a very long way. And so having that drive, I think, really made it clear where it was then for them, they could see the path. They could see a path forward to earning more, like they could see how them making the company more profitable, like impacted them. So for me, it was actually a little like, I guess it's almost literal. We did phantom equity with it, um, which is kind of just like a simpler way of partially because one of the guys is Canadian and we don't want to do equity across borders, which is uh, not as fun. So, but it was a very simple thing like that, where 
I think that's a big piece of it. But then it's also, I think, individually, even for other team members who aren't those guys that I made partners, it's basically saying like, hey, you're going to own LinkedIn. Okay, you're going to own cold email. Like you're going, this is your department. You own this, you're responsible for it running smoothly and measuring people kind of against that and just making it very clear what part of the business they own. I think that was another key part just within everybody's roles. Hey, what's up, agency owners? I want to tell you about an exciting new software product that is really gaining traction in the digital agency world. It's an all-in-one marketing and sales platform, and it's built specifically for agencies. Not only will it help you save money by replacing all of your old software tools, it creates a whole new revenue stream for your agency, and you can white-label it, add your branding, and sell it as your own software product. That's why hundreds of agencies have already made the switch from Infusionsoft, Marketo, and ActiveCampaign. You can get more info and access their unlimited agency plan for just $2.97 a month or start your free trial over at IgniteYourAgency.com. That's IgniteYourAgency.com. Let's talk a little bit about your new, newer uh, project, Content Allies. I, I don't think is is brand new. You've been working on this project, uh, this business for a little bit of time now. You mentioned in the intro kind of what Content Allies is around uh, a B2B podcasting service for companies to, to monetize and create revenue from podcasting. Where did Content Allies start as, a, as an idea, as a project? Yeah, so this initially began, um, one of the things that's been on my mind for a long time, the whole kind of motivation behind this was uh, the lead generation industry is very um, volatile. And uh, there's things like LinkedIn and cold email regulations and these things that I know that can very quickly overnight disrupt the business. So I wanted something, uh, a business that was a bit more diverse and stable. And so uh, that was kind of the genesis for this journey of trying to start another business in the content marketing world. Where this began was uh, literally um, as we actually called it lead cooking nurture at the beginning. And it was a uh, a LinkedIn content service where we would create LinkedIn content posts for our clients. Um, and then very quickly, I realized if I was selling that at a lead gen agency, um, people thought that the content was supposed to generate leads. And like uh, anyone who really goes into content marketing, if you learn that cu- customers who think that their content is going to generate leads in like the next the next 60 days, that is never a realistic expectation to set. So uh, I eventually broke it off into its own company. And then like I went through this whole evolution of realizing like, I don't want to be in the LinkedIn content game, also very volatile. Um, I'm going to get disrupted at some point. And so I started going through like a of very many iterations of kind of what became like a blog writing service to like almost kind of a generalist content agency for a while, uh, expanded out a bit, tried some different niches. And then eventually after a period of time, I started to realize like, hey, podcasting is what's getting results for our clients. Uh, it's what we can do the best. Um, it's really hard to do this internally. It almost like it's a service that lends itself to being outsourced. So like all these factors started to kind of align. And then really, we, we eventually narrowed down to saying, hey, we're just going to focus um, on podcasting for, for B2B companies. But that it was a very, uh, it was a two-year long journey of wiggling through uh, finding the proper niche and everything. So everything you talk about in your book, uh, you know, get rich in the deep end, like it was going through that and testing a lot of stuff with a lot of failures before we actually hit what was like the right spot. And, and I love that. I mean, I, I I know that that journey for you probably was challenging, was probably at times 
maybe you thought about like, maybe we shouldn't even be doing this. Uh, maybe not. I don't know. But I mean, two years is a long time to be mm-hmm. working through problem, solution, product market fit. And I think that when people look at a niche or consider a niche, a lot of times we have this thought that it's going to happen. You know, oh man, I've been reaching out to people in this niche for three months and I haven't gotten any results, right? It's like, well, three months is, you know, put this in context. And I love hearing you say two years, not because I think that it should always take two years or that, you know, but for some people they do two years and they don't. I mean, I'd almost even say to some level, you're really lucky that you were able to get to that product market epiphany moment where you say, you know what, this actually is something that we can do really well and people are willing to pay us for it. Uh, There's a market for it. We can get results around this. And then having the guts to then make that leap to say, we're going to narrow down because I feel like that that is always a leap, right? You mentioned that you were going from a, a blog writing service. I'm assuming when you say this, you had some clients where you were just doing blog writing for? Yeah, yeah. And that's, I think, the tricky part about the whole journey is like you you kind of you get some like closes, you get some clients with all these things you try. But like the feedback is sometimes like, oh, this is too hard to sell. Or sometimes it's like, well, maybe this doesn't have a high enough retention or customers are not as happy enough with it or it's like very difficult. And so like, you know, we, we had this service for quite a long period of time where we would interview people on Zoom calls. And then from those interviews, we would create a bunch of different types of content. And like, that was kind of a cool thing. A lot of people liked it, but it was a lot of work for clients. They had to think and they had to come up with their ideas. And like, and so like this thing that we kind of get into where we're like, okay, this is kind of working, but like, we're not, we're seeing customers churn and we're seeing customers bottleneck and never approve stuff. And like, and so you start to see these things that are like, well, this could work. And I could just keep pushing this thing that I'm kind of getting resistance on and it would be okay. But eventually it was like, okay, but like, we're also trying this podcasting thing and that's working a lot better. And I think that's the hard part of distinguishing is like, there's no yes or no, this works, this doesn't work. You get kind of a lot of kind of gray information. And it's almost like when you're feeling resistance, that's a sign to maybe be like, is this the right approach? And like, or do you need to push through? And then there's no right or wrong there. But I think that's the challenging part of the journey. And uh, yeah, I mean, should there, I feel like even with working within flow, we had a, a guy named Trey on recently, we did a lot of talk around flow that sometimes when even just getting in into the, into the state of flow, we have to overcome some resistance, which is different than working within resistance all the time, right? Like sitting down for a task and, you know, for four hours, you're working on something and you're always in resistance versus sitting down and there's that initial kind of like, you know, I really don't like to, you know, I don't really feel like writing today, but then once you start writing, you're kind of fine. Right. And so maybe there's something there around, you know, if it's, if it's, if you're working the issue and there's still resistance, like no matter how much you work the issue, there's still resistance. Maybe that means kind of a pivot or attack. Did you ever think about like throwing your hands up and saying maybe content allies is not something worth pursuing and maybe just going back and focusing on lead cookie or a different project? Uh, definitely, definitely considered it. Um, uh, one of the things I think that over the past year when COVID hit, I dabbled in a ton of different businesses, um, had some successes, but one of the things that I guess has been, I think a little different on how I built content analysis as well was like, I just hired out, um, like a project manager and a head of strategy very, very early. Um, so that way I could kind of just be hands off and like, let these decisions I think if I were in there doing the work every day, I think I would have been more frustrated 
and wanted to like jump into doing different things. But because I was able to be like, okay, cool, let me sell this offer. And then a few months down the road, you're able to see like, okay, is this working? Is this not working? It kind of gave me some patience because I think as entrepreneurs, we have this creative energy. So I don't know. I, I think I really think if you're going to like do a, a positioning or a niche focus, like you got to be willing to like go all in on it on three to six months to really get enough data to know if this is working or not, and at least like have that. And so for me, side projects, I guess, were my nice way of distracting myself uh, in the meantime, but, or maybe they were just uh, causing a distracted focus. And then I didn't see the light soon enough. So I don't know which is it right in retrospect, but that, I guess, you know, helped me just stay focused on something for a period of time. (laughs) I think for our listeners, whenever I have, you know, people that have uh, successful businesses and successful agencies on, and then they hear about some of the backstory and maybe some of the shiny objects that you were keeping, that were keeping your attention while you kind of, you know, while the water was boiling or while it was not, not yet boiling, maybe while it was heating up, right. You're kind of waiting on things to kind of click. Uh, I think that makes you a little bit more like, oh yeah, Jake's human. Like he, you know, he, he struggles just like the rest of us, right. feels, feels kind of good. (laughs) You're so, so content allies, you kind of discovered that podcasting as a service is beneficial to B2B companies. Any agency that are listening to this is a B2B company. Why is podcasting something that could work for them? We've had guests on before talk about how to, you know, how to get on podcasts from a market authority standpoint. Uh, I talk about that a lot. I've, I've done, you know, lots of interviews with other people's podcasts. I, I love being on other people's shows, growing our audience. But, you know, is, is that it? Just getting out there and getting access to new audiences, new, new people to listen to your message? Yeah. So one of the big things I think is it's more than just like the audience that comes from it. I think the audience is super, um, a super powerful thing, but that's where a lot of people think about podcasting. But what I see as like the biggest and especially the shortest term benefit of podcasting is the relationships that you build from it. And so, um, you know, one of the things, you know, even you write about this and get rich in the deep end, when you talk about gigging in the industry, like a phenomenal way to kind of build relationships, you know, with, you know, other podcasters, you know, writers, authors, you know, strategic partners, or even your target customers is to build like an industry focused podcast that is, you know, at like the types of people that you want to be working with or the types of influencers um, that, you know, have audiences of your customers. Um, So to, you know, giving you just even like a straight example, like here we are, we have a relationship and we've done a bunch of these podcasts back and forth. And right before the call, you told me that you referred someone our way. And so here, like uh, through this Brent, we've like built a relationship and like, um, and we can nurture it through this. And like you sometimes send customers our way. And it's kind of this like natural thing that happens while you're also creating content, you're also establishing authority and putting yourself out there at the same time. And what I find is like podcasting is this really, genuine and valuable way to build relationships. Um, you know, if if I came to you and I was just some random guy with a lead gen agency trying to get referrals and just like kind of cold email you out of the blue, you probably like would be kind of skeptical, but like with podcasting, you're able to build trust over an interview, maybe collaborate on other content things. And you're able to build these relationships, these strategic partnerships with people. And it's just such a powerful way and you're creating content and putting that out there and like and featuring your guests at the same time. So it has all of these benefits, but the biggest thing I try to look at is like podcasting is almost like strategic networking while creating content at the same time. Yeah. And I I love that that I mean if I look back at my own 
history of creating content. I feel like the, uh, you know, I had like a little handy cam and I emailed people. This is, this is like way back in, uh, I mean, even doing this within our, our, our networks, like with, with restaurant owners or eventually when I got active in the, uh, business catalyst space, I would, you know, I would network with people online, right. They'd connect with me. And then I'd say, Oh, Hey, I'm going to be in, you know, I'm going to be in Philadelphia for a conference and any, anybody that's in this area, that's an agency. And I'd love to have a conversation and maybe we can record some content. And, you know, it was like putting a camera up and we'd have a conversation. And, and I've met a lot of people in, you know, going to conferences and online networking, et cetera. But whenever I, whenever we put the camera on or the recorder on, there's something about that that creates like a shared experience. And some of those, Mm -hmm. I mean, the people that I had those relationships with early on, I mean, I'm just thinking some of the names off the top, like Devin Real, uh, John Hinshaw, Phil Lockwood, like those were like my three first interviews in the BC space. And we're all still like friends to this day. And it's like a decade later. Um, and I don't, I don't maintain <laughs> yep. that level of friendship with like all of my, you know, every guest that's, you know, all 200 guests that's been on the, the digital agency show. But I think there, I think you are right that beyond just the audience piece, there is this like shared experience. And even today with like COVID, I think about like so much of that stuff has moved to zoom sessions and inviting somebody to like a zoom coffee. I mean, I've done a lot of zoom coffees. I mean, it's great like to connect with somebody. It's better than like not connecting with another human, but like doing a podcast interview with somebody and creating something together. I do think that there's just something that levels up that experience, and that connection more than just checking with somebody on the phone. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's also kind of like the like authority that kind of comes from it as well, where it's like, you're saying that, Hey, like this is, you know, this is not just a conversation. I'm not asking just of your time. I'm creating value for you by interviewing you. And like, and, and you're basically positioning yourself as an authority of someone with this media publication, with this podcast or this video series. Um, and on the same side, you're basically saying, Hey, you're also important enough to be interviewed. Like, I think you're interesting enough that I should like, I want to interview you and feature you. So it's kind of like this ego boost for them while positioning you as an authority. And it's not like, that's not in like a, a negative way, but like it becomes this thing where it just starts this relationship. And I totally have the same thing. Like so many of some of the best business relationships I have and like friendships have started from podcasting um, and just interviewing people. I was at a guy's wedding and I was like, uh, recently and I was like, how did, how did we actually get to know each other? He's like, yeah, you invited me on your podcast. I was like, holy crap, dude, you've become like one of my best friends. I forgot that was like how we met. Like, and it was like absurd. I'm like at his wedding and I didn't even realize that like, that was like the genesis of our friendship. So it's, it's really fascinating how that works out. So I love the concept that, I mean, I think at, at, a, at the heart, we know that creating content with one another is a positive shared experience. It kind of feels like a give give, like both parties are giving mm-hmm. to the other and it's is growing the pie, right? It feels very abundant. But when I look at how to have, you know, I mean monetizing that experience now is where things get a little interesting, both when you can now put more resources from a business standpoint, but also, you know, there's probably some some risk there of now we're creating a relationship And there's a hope in the back of our mind that this is going to lead somewhere that is, um, that is positive. I, I have been on a show or two, uh, won't say kind of what shows those were where I went and guested on the program. And then after the interview, it became very clear why I was on the show, you know, like there was a very clear sales process to convert 
guest to client. And, you know, and I'm not, look, it is, it is what it is, right? We're all kind of playing this game of entrepreneurship and some people choose to play it in different ways. And, you know, when it comes to marketing and sales, there's always that risk that you might cross the line into, you know, using a tactic in a way that's not like, that maybe doesn't make elicit a great feeling for other people. And, and I think on a long enough timeline, most of us probably have, you know, run a campaign or done something that maybe, you know, flirted with that line. But I, I you know, is there any advice for our guests if they are having people on their show? How do you use that interview as a launch pad to create a strategic partnership or to potentially do some business together without it becoming this like, like, you know, now I know why that guy just had me on his podcast, yeah. right? which we don't want that feeling, right? Yeah, I totally get that. And, and you don't want to kind of have that kind of uh, that type of relationship or anything there or, or come off like that. And so I think there's two different ways. I find with strategic partners, it's very easy to do this and not have it come off salesy because you can typically look at, you know, hey, well, this was great. You know, if you ever want to collaborate on content or, you know, we share similar customers, would love to chat, see if there's any ways we can collaborate and like, for strategic partners, it just comes off very naturally. I interviewed a guy that was a head of a, a cloud software association and just afterward was like, hey, man, really enjoyed this. Love what you guys are doing. I got into the community and then was basically just saying, you know, hey, you know, if there's anything I can do to contribute value here, would love to. I'm open to doing content, maybe throw him some ideas. And he's just totally open to it. And so I think strategic partnerships are very easy because, you know, if you've got someone with an audience, like content is not a hard pitch. Um, if you're offering that to someone, don't expect that they'll always say yes. But uh, if you're doing a content collaboration, that's almost always like a very safe, low pressure way to go. You're not trying to sell them anything. Um, if you interview someone that actually could be a customer, one of the ways that I kind of look at it, one of the interesting things I find is a lot of times they'll ask if like they're actually a good fit customer. And that's actually happens a lot, which is like a great scenario where like, you know, you're kind of chatting before after the interview and you're like, yeah, this is what we do. And like, you know, someone's like, oh, hey, like, well, this is interesting. Like, this is what we're actually looking to do that over the upcoming year. So that's one situation that happens. Um, and then, you know, other times we'll kind of just try to say like something like, hey, like, you know, very cool. And like, you know, you chat after the interview and you might ask, you know, hey, like, so, you know, what's on the priority or what's on the horizon for you guys? Or what are your big objectives for the year? Asking kind of some future focused question to just understand where it is they're trying to go and what their focus is. I find that that's a good kind of post-call, just kind of chatting question where you can kind of understand that. And you can say, and then they're just saying something like, hey, I'd love having you on the show. You know, if it's ever something like where you want to chat on this, would love to help you out or kind of share some ideas. And you can just make it like very casual. Don't make it a hard sell, but just being something like, you know, if there's something you ever want to talk about, we're here. would love to, you know, be open to like providing any feedback or guidance. And just kind of making it a really soft ask, but not making it a, a hard push. And also not doing it, not making it systematic. You don't have to do it to everybody. Sometimes you do interviews and people you, like might get to the end of the interview and you're like, ah, oh, this person actually might not be a right fit. And so you don't necessarily do that. But if you just kind of make it casual, understand where they're going and if what where they're going fits into what you offer, then it might be something there where you just say, hey, you know, I really like what you guys are doing. If you ever want to talk about this, be happy to talk more, no pressure, but um, would totally be open to a conversation if you're ever interested. And just something like very casual like that goes a, a long way and it doesn't need to be that like hard sales pressure kind of thing. Hey, what's up agency owners? As someone that's built hundreds of websites for clients over the last 20 years, I know how important it is to have a content management system that helps me launch sites fast. If you're looking for a new CMS that can launch sites in half the time as a typical WordPress build, I'd like to introduce you to a new platform called Zephyr. 
a content management system built for power users and agencies. Build websites faster, make clients happier. Find out more information at ZephyrCMS.com and get one free site for life and a free theme setup valued at $500. That's ZephyrCMS.com. Now let's get back to our interview. I went through, um, you know, the example I was mentioning to you. It, it was, it was, and I like this idea of not systematizing it because it, it was one of those things where I left the show and, you know, obviously there was an ask at the end of the interview, but then there was like a, a very clear funnel that had kicked off, you know, that was a little bit, because I think a lot of times the interview can become, uh, there can be an intimate or I mean, whatever, a close connection on an interview. And then all of a sudden there's this like tone deaf marketing campaign <laughs> on the back and it's like not really, you uh, know. And so I think that can, that can kind of have, um, have an impact. So I like that idea of not systematizing it. Um, do you find that ever, and this is something that I've found is because, because we've interviewed people and, and I don't ever interview anybody with the expectation that it's, it's going to be a client. Like for me, it's purely content and then, and then partnerships are, are a big part of, um, I think what naturally has happened for us on, on the podcast, um, we've, we've, we've created some amazing long-term relationships of co-promoters and, and people that we've, we've been able to go on to their audiences and, and vice versa. Uh, do you ever find though, from a client perspective that, when you come and do content together, that the relationship dynamic in some way changes? Like, is it because I'm not saying this from a, I guess I don't know how I'm saying this. Like, like when you come and do a podcast together, it's kind of this very like peer relationship kind of interviewer. You're kind of looking at your guest as the expert. And then now can we go to a business relationship then where you're paying the host then to do work? Like, cause it kind of, it does, there, there's different relationship dynamics, right? There's guest and host mm -hmm. and then there's, you know, client and vendor or client and partner. Does it ever change the relationship dynamic to make it harder to become a client if you do have somebody on there? Or do you guys find that it's kind of a non-issue? We haven't really found that to be too much of an issue. I think if anything, again, it builds, just builds trust. Um, and honestly, I think makes that transition easier than say like a cold sale or something like that. Like I, I just in most cases, um, when we've seen, you know, like a, a guest convert directly into a customer, it's like, there's a high level of trust already there. You know, the, the conversation, it, it may not, you know, be the same as if you were to take like a straight inbound lead, someone who wants to buy, because, you know, a lot of times it, it might be exploratory, you know, like it's not like an inbound lead or, it's probably kind of closer to an outbound lead where, you know, they might just be interested in what you have, but maybe they're not ready to buy today. Um, so, you know, your next call might often be kind of an exploratory thing, how you can work together, but it might not be the priority. But uh, I've not, I've seen it be a not really a non-issue in terms of that kind of relationship and converting people. Jake, this has been uh, fantastic. I think that getting a podcast as a business live is really difficult. And Doing it when it's, you know, I mean, everybody launching their own podcast for the most part, like 99% of the time, it's their first time launching a podcast. And so mm -hmm. there's a lot of things, you know, usually it's doing something the first time takes a lot of work. There's a lot of room for mistakes of missing some things. So the fact that you all at Content Allies are coming in and helping companies to launch the podcast, get it out there and turn this into a part of their business where they're going to get a positive ROI through partners or potential clients, I think is a fantastic service. I'm glad you guys found this product market fit, and I'm sure you're going to be wildly successful uh, with that. Uh, are you ready for our lightning round? I am ready for the lightning round. And just for the record, we're going to, we're going to cross compare your, uh, your, your answers to the, the I last know, time. No, you I, I'm like, Oh God, I should have checked my previous interview first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is the best advice you've ever received? 
I think one of the best that I've ever heard, I actually heard this first from my business um, mentor, Alex McLafferty, that I worked with for several years. Um, but he said, your business is a reflection of yourself. And uh, simply put the numbers, the revenue, everything you get is a reflection of your own skills and your ability to create value in the world and um, how good you are at building systems and everything. And so just realizing that uh, if your business isn't where you want it to be, it means you as a person need to level up. And that has just been a profound insight for me. Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? Uh, I've got a very strong morning routine around just journaling, affirmations, working out every day. And I would just say having the strict, strong routine that gets me emotionally centered every day before I go into work is probably one of the, the strongest habits to just ensure that I'm going into my work day with as clear of a head as possible. Can you share an internet resource, tool, or app that you use regularly that you think our listeners would find valuable? Lately, I've been jamming on Process Street very heavily. Uh, absolutely amazing, very cool tool. Uh, if you're doing SOPs in Google Docs right now, it is like the next evolution where it's like SOPs meets task management um, and kind of project management all in one. And uh, it is glorious. And I basically have recently replaced a very expensive ops person who was project managing the company with the software and basically increased a ton of profits by just building better systems. And what book would you recommend and why? Uh, one I always go to is How to Win Friends and Influence People, because I believe the world would be a better place if more people read this and actually asked conversations about other people versus going and talking about themselves. And I think it'll make you much better at business and sales conversations, everything like that as well. Big fan of that book. I have it on audiobook. I try, not perfect, but I definitely try to listen to that book every year. It definitely, it ages well and it repeats well. Every time I listen to it, I'm always like, oh man, so much here. So uh, for our listeners, if you're out on the road or on a run or like me on your bike and you're looking for those links to Process Street, to How to Win Friends and Influence People, it's actually out of copyright. So it's one of those books, while you can get it on Kindle and Amazon, you can also uh, Google it and read it, uh, get the PDF for free. Uh, but we'll link out to all that stuff on our show notes, yougurus.com forward slash podcast. Jake, how can our audience find out more about you? Is there anything that you have that they can check out? Uh, yeah, my main website and blog is just jake-jorgovin.com. If you type in some jargon of that last name into Google, you should find it as there's nothing else similar. Uh, and then leadcookie.com and contentallies.com uh, are the two uh, businesses that I'm running. So. Awesome. Well, we will link out to Jake Jorgovin. So if you guys are, are, are listening and you're like, I don't know how to spell it. I'm not even going to try. Just go to yougurus.com slash podcast. We'll put uh, Jake's main website on there. We'll put lead cookie on there. We'll put content allies on there. We'll also link people out to your social media profiles. So if you want to follow Jake and the amazing work that you're doing, also on your website, you list a bunch of other projects. Uh, you mentioned earlier in today's show that you, you know, dabbled in some other stuff to kind of, uh, you know, distract you or, or, you know, keep you interested in, in, in the business. So we'll also uh, take a look at Jake's website and you can kind of see the other stuff that he's up to. Super fascinating. Check that out. Yougurus.com slash podcast. Jake, thanks so much for stopping by the program this week. Thanks for having me on here, Brent. And that's it for this week's episode of the digital agency show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming to you to help you grow your digital agency. So you can achieve freedom in business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. 
I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And remember, if you want that free ebook on how to scale to multiple six and seven figures, all you got to do is DM me on Facebook the word gift at Brent Weaver, and I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in your business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. Thank you.